Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who has not cut his hair. Unlike me, and I'm not talking about the hair downstairs, I'm talking about the hair upstairs. I have had a trim, and it took a lot longer than I'd planned it would take, because I went to a salon. I normally go to a barber's. Get you. I normally go to a barber's, went to a salon, and I was like, 15 minutes in, the guy chopped off a quarter of what was needed. And I was thinking, mm, this is thorough, really thorough, but there you go. And uh, it, it was a pleasant experience. It's the least practical surfing haircut is to have it long. Kelly Slate has got it dialed. Just whiz it off. Yeah. Chop it off. Yeah, it is. It looks cool. Well, you're not a surfer anymore because you've got to look the part to That's be it. the part. We all know that. It's all about image surfing. That's it. That's why I'm keeping my hair long while it's still on the top of my head. 100%. By the way, Newquay, which is obviously... Let's call it Surf City, UK. For the UK. I used to think, you know, is it Malcolm Barnacut who is the famous Newquay baker? I think it's a family bakery that's been there probably for about a thousand million years. They're like uh, BC, Barnacut, before Big JC himself. But I did drive past it on a few occasions and think it was a hairdresser's <laughs> or a barber's. I thought it said Barnetcut <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> nice. And I was like, and then you, I was like, hey, that looks pretty cool. Get your barnet cut. No, no. Barnacut Bakers. Barnacut Bakeries. Hey, there you go. So well done for having a haircut. I'll have to follow suit. Yeah, we're just getting in the way in, in, in the surf. I was literally taking off on waves with my hair going in my eyes. Now, when I think about that, I then think of Rob Machado and I think, how the fuck do you surf as well as that when you've basically got what can only be described as a like a blanket it's like, you know, the blankies that you put, like a throw yeah. that goes on a sofa. They're all these huge things. They're really weighty and get really soggy real quick if you drop a but, bit of water on them and stuff. Like his hair, that's probably why he's had to increase his leaterage on his balls is because his hair is so heavy it's in why, the sea. It's why he's going to be good because that is a drowning hazard right there. 100%. What happened to Mashad? I don't know. He just got lost. It's almost like you, if he falls in, it's like parachuting into the sea and not being able to get the parachute off. Dude, can you imagine what it's like downstairs. Oh, you had to. Can you imagine Machado's bush? Well, Just get your head around that for a second. Now imagine Kelly's. Kelly's be as sharp, mate. He's he is lasered. not snagging a pube in his ball. He's at all. He's lasered from head to toe. Head to toe. I wonder whether Machado would. Machado, he'd be one of these guys that's just totally, everything else is, he's just on his head. Just pure. That's, that's where everything else is. Everything else is gone. The body's totally shaven from head to toe. All his hair's on his head. My theory is with Machado, he's probably using a plant-based hair-removing cream, real eco-friendly, smearing it all around the areas, letting it all just sort of fall off in the shower, which probably wouldn't even be like a normal shower. It'd be like a solar-powered shower from coming out of a, what, like a tree? Yeah. Somehow he's, he's linked it all up. I can just imagine his house would be just, like, imagine living in Machado's house. Just be wood everywhere. And I love Rob Machado, though. He's great. He's such I mean, a great guy. Yeah. And when he speaks, you really listen. Hey guys, it's Rob Machado here. <laughs> that's a good we impression. all know that's how he talks. That's how he talks, like a mouse. I just love making up sort of versions of different surfing boxes. Yeah, quite. But no, he could. he's an amazing surfer. On a slightly serious note about Rob Machado, because, you know, we were talking last week about the seaside. You need the seaside 5'2", and then you need the seaside like 8 foot 10 or whatever. That's it, it that's it, that's it. But, um, <laughs> I still fucking laugh at that. When I think of that idea, yeah. like, it makes me giggle. It's like, what should we give him now? Give him a longer version of it. How long can we go? Well, let's call it the seaside and beyond. It's going to be beyond like 8 foot, man. Because... We need, everybody needs a long, whatever it is, mid-length, long board, 
there was a sort of, I forget who was talking about it in a review, maybe not like Noel Salas or something, but we're talking about how the thing about those boards, the Machado boards, they're built for, well, Machado surf for Machado, however you want to pronounce it, how he surfs. And the thing is, I mean, not everybody surfs like the great Rob Machado, do they? So it's like anything we've said for episode after episode, you go, you're watching him surf in his red wetsuit and his cool hair and he's sort of playing his guitar out of his rusty van. That's just probably this amazing like Lamborghini carcass that's just got this rusty old hull on the top of it. And you watch him surf these cool waves in Cardiff by the sea where he lives and he's like gliding up and down in the red suit and the hair's flowing. And you think, I'm going to get that board. Because if I get that board, I'm going to surf like Rob Machado. And then you get it home and you take it out of its packaging. You put your red wetsuit on. You put your Rob Machado wig on. And you go to your local mushburger <laughs> and you're just sort of flapping around. Trying to catch waves. So true. Yeah. It's great marketing. The thing about Rob Machado is you watch his arms mm-hmm. and that's what sets him apart. Mm. You watch really closely. Now, I know <laughs> I know he's very athletic. I know he does a lot of stretch. I know he works on his training and shit. He's dedicated his life to a single pursuit. So that's probably in his favor too. But it's what we call leg or hip to rotational coordination. It's some people have it, some people don't. You can work on it, obviously. But it's a bit like how some people can dance mm. and move to the rhythm of music and beat. Some people can dance to the rhythm of a wave. And what happens in surfing is surfers who have... What is a good surfer? Well, you know, that's open to debate. But let's just, for the sake of what I'm saying here, say, look, you know, a good high-level surfer is a surfer who effortlessly moves up and down the wall, doing reasonably vertical-type manoeuvres, putting the board on rail, and making it look like they're just dancing up and down the wave with power. It and is finesse. Dance. It's dancing. Exactly. Exactly. And the reason why someone like Machado can do that so well like that, and it can look so appealing, is because it looks effortless. Because what he has is when he moves his hip, his upper body doesn't have to over-rotate because his hip can already twist already. You see what I'm trying to say? So he doesn't have to basically flap his arms. So his body naturally just twists towards the lip that he wants to hit, hits it, comes down. It's why in Ombi talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't try and speed up your surfing. Slow it down. Get on a board that sometimes might make you have to slow your surfing down. So that's something like a, it is like a mid-length. Mm. Or something that just gets you having to just slow it down. Right. Wait for the wave. Watch the wave. Wait and watch. Wait and watch. And when you're going down the line of a wave, you don't always get opportunity after opportunity to hit the lip. And it's funny because today in my surfing life, I surf better than I did when I was younger. But I don't try and hit the lip vertically. When I was growing up, I was always trying to hit the lip vertically so I could create spray. Those kind of sections are very few and far between if you think about the reality of the ways we get to surf. So the maneuver you do when we're surfing the ways we surf, Liam, as do most humans, by the way, when I say this, I'm talking to pretty much everyone, is you're thinking horizontally down the line and you're judging the wall, judging the wall. But you can't quickly put that rail up into the lip until the opportunity arises. And that's why when you see people who make it look effortless, what they're doing is they're kind of, basically they're patient ultimately for the opportunity is the next word to do a maneuver. And they don't ever force it. That's the key. So when you watch Machado, he'll do a lot of sort of swooping and S turning and he'll sort of come up the lip and then down and then, oh, he's not done a turn there. He's oh, oh, wait. And then bang, suddenly he'll just see an opportunity where the lip is no longer flying down the line like a barrel section, but it's now backed mm-hmm. off. Then slowly he'll come bottom to Not fast. Yeah. It's not quick. It just looks quick in there, but it's quite a slow, just drive through the heels, up to the lip, bang, off the top. 
redirect back down the lip. Absolutely. And it's very slow, but it's very methodical and the timing is good. There's a lot of patience there. And ultimately, here's the big one, presence. Because you can't surf your best if you're not present with the wave. If you're trying to force your maneuvers and force your turns and force what you're trying to do because there are people watching, <laughs> that's why it happens. Because once people are watching, yeah. fuck, I better put in a turn. I better do a really good bit of spray. I better, you know, because th- 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 you're trying to show off. Or you're trying to show the local crowd that you do deserve the next set wave or, you, you know, that you are the head honcho or whatever it might be. Yeah. But we all know that when we're doing our best surfing, it's when we're most relaxed, slowing it down, but still Always. doing it with power. Slow doesn't mean weak. And I think that's what Clayton says, isn't it, on, on Ombi Ed? It is like dancing in that respect, and especially like the kind of almost your hands at times. And if you kind of open up as if you're just going, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, yeah. two, and you kind of, rather than like, <laughs> and if I look back on the surfs where I've thought, oh, yeah, I'm making some progress now. It's in those relaxed sessions, no one else around. And oftentimes you go, oh, I wish somebody else was there to see that. But it's almost the very fact that they're not there is helping you slow it down because you're not doing it for anything other than just feeling that up and down. And you're right, Machado just goes, glide, 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 glide. And then he goes right back into the foam and then glide right back round and shoots out and then he's off again. Completes the turn. really good to watch. Completes the turn. Tori Martin's the same. We talked about yeah. him last week as well. Yeah. You kind of get a sense of how he's slowing things. Sometimes you go, wow, that's it's fast. They go fast section, slow, slow, fast, 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 slow, slow. And again, like like dancing. There is that rhythm to it. Yeah. There is a bit in there that having a sense of timing to express the artistic side of surfing is important. Probably most surfers are pretty decent rhythmic dance. I mean, a lot of them are into music and sort of dance and performance and the Brazilians with their sort of capoeira and their kind of that very rhythmic martial art as well that a lot of great Brazilian surfers practice. Yeah, there is a rhythm and a, and a movement to it that makes it look much more fluid than if you're like yeah. stamping on the dance floor. So true. And Come on, Eileen. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, it makes me think of mates who are good sports people, mm. but they get on a board and something just happens and they don't time things and don't quite know where to coordinate the body in, in relation to the wave. And they sort of just, it's clunky. It doesn't seem to fit. But one thing I'd say is is that, geez, we've got to give ourselves a huge break and be kind to ourselves always anyway, obviously. But in particular with, with how we approach it, a particularly a powerful wave or a special wave, or maybe here's another one. Maybe we've been waiting for a long time for a set and waiting our turn or whatever, or things build into waves sometimes that we don't want. It's that kind of nervous energy. It's excitement. It is. But it's that sort of, oh, I've just got to get away. Now, when we then suddenly get on a wave like that, that overexcitement or, or over arousal can make us force that wave too much and not surf it. Just can't be present. Where's the lip? Look, feel, bring it right back into the moment mm-hmm. and, and not look too far ahead at the lip or just moment by moment be precise. It takes a real calmness that. So therefore, it's very easy. We've got to be really conscious of the surface because we all just get way overexcited at times. And that overexcitement can, can reduce performance as much as anything. It's a weird one because mm-hmm. well, we want excitement. Of course we do. Yeah. But as sports psychologists talk about all the time, there's a very fine line between under arousal and over arousal. And you can, I'm talking about that word arousal, you could relate it to, to sex I knew you as well. Would. I knew you would. You obviously knew I was going to say it. Because if you go into a sexual session <laughs> under aroused, you don't perform at your best. There's a sort of, mm, there's a sort of lack there. 
again over aroused, and it's a bit, it's over a little bit too. Is that soon, what you call it? them? Is it sexual <laughs> sessions? <laughs> Hey, oh, I fancy a sexual session. Do you fancy a sexual session? Right? Sounds like a sort of Barry White album. <laughs> We're going to go through track number one. Yeah. And move on, moving on to track number two. You're listening to my latest album, Sexual Sessions. Sexual Sessions. On that front, by the way, Sun, Sea and Surf is a hell of an aphrodisiac. Yikes, bikes. I can almost hear my balls humming. Like, like they're vibrating when I've had that combination enough. That the sun, the vitamin D, getting loads and loads of waves, you're working out, the air, the whole woof, whole thing becomes very hmm, it's good. It's good. It's just, you're just looking at me. I think you're wondering what to it, say. Like, well, I'm, I'm, what I'm good, I say it now really getting in trouble. It makes sense now that your good and very patient wife now doesn't go on lots of surf trips with you. <laughs> I've just figured that oh my god that's why she doesn't come and trust me I've just worked that one out are you sure darling you don't want to come I've got the new Barry White album Sexual Sessions and I'm feeling good because the vitamin D's out <laughs> by the way happy wedding anniversary because we're both very fortunate William that our wives have terrible taste in men that's a blessing but happy anniversary to John Wayne Freeman who we follow and admire and his wife looks very long suffering and patient with his surf addiction but happy anniversary, John and Gigi. Good man. And Gigi, good man. Happy anniversary. Um, we've got to bring things on. Before we move on to segment number two, the mindful surfer, the breathing, we've got to talk about a very important matter. Now, everyone in the world looks like a bird, a muffin, or a horse. Now, I was once told that. I've and, never, ever and I went, heard what this before. What are you on about? Now, just have a moment now. Have a little moment and have a think about it. Let's do the biggie. Let's do the big guns. Let's go Donald Trump. Now, we'll do some compare and contrast. Before we move on to the surface of this game, now, Donald Trump, for me, is a muffin. You'll be smoking again, Will? You'll be smoking the old wacky bracket. <laughs> Just check out Donald's face. Real muffiny. Real round, full head. Roundness. Here Th- comes a muffin man. Yeah. Correct. Moving it on from there, let's go Kira Knightley, famous actress. Bird. Absolute bird. Pointy, little pointy beak. Pointy features, close eyes, very beautiful, but very spiky, spiky. Do you know, I once ran into Kira Knightley about four times in one day, and I think she assumed that I was stalking her. It was embarrassing in the end, because I wasn't. It was the most weird day of coincidental path crossing ever. You could see by the sort of fourth time she looked and she was looking for a phone as if to say, what is the anti-stalking number I now need to call because I've seen this idiot? Pretty? Yeah, I, well, there is beauty in everyone, Will. Uh, now you're That's compa- mindful, mate. Now Look that- at you with your woke hat on. That's a very mindful thing to say. Now and that I you're agree. comparing everybody to either a muffin, a bird, or a horse. I've never heard this before. Right. Let's go through them. Kelly. Kelly Slater. Now, have a think about it for a second. It's not obvious always. I'm going horse with Kelly. Because I'm going horse. Because he's got a good bit of length in him. Because sort of, he's a very beautiful man, but he's got that little bit of length in the face, especially without the lid on top. He's going to have hair. So keep moving on. Now He's got powerful teeth as well. Now let's go Sonny Garcia, muffin. Real round, round sweet on him, round head on him. Now, by the way, if he hears this now, I'm in you fucking deep shit. Yeah. Do not go to the North Shore of Hawaii. He's going to beat me up. Yeah, well, and his mates. And all his mates yeah. too. Oh, what about Machado? Now that's, that's a... It's easy for me. Bird. He's a bird. That's a bird. Little pointy bits. Yeah. Steph Gilmore. I won't have you saying a bad word about Stephanie Gilmore. I'm not going to say any bad word. She's beautiful. I'm going horse. Mm. It's quite long. Mm. 
She's like a, a Pegasus. She's a hybrid. She is, actually. So maybe she's a little bit in between a yeah. muffin and a... She's a horse with horse. wings. Yeah, something like that. Chris and more. I'm not going to be in any way saying muffin. anything about the now Olympic gold champion. But Muffin. Round face. It's Muffin. It's beautiful. The point of this game is we're not ever judging someone's, oh, you're right, you're wrong. Because the thing is, birds are beautiful. Muffins are fucking lovely. They're beautiful. And horses. Fuck, man. I love horses. So this is just that observation of... <laughs> You know, if someone got around, do this game yourselves with your mates because you'll, Which, you'll, you'll you see hanging? that everyone's one of the three. By the way, very seriously though, congratulations, Carissa, because she is one of our favourite surfers. I mean, she, she surfs with, and she's very honest. You know, the time with Jamie yep. O'Brien and he yep. was teaching her, like kind of coaching her on pipe and um, that kind of fear factor that she allowed, you know, that she was very vulnerable and honest about. But I love the way that she surfs. I think she's absolutely fantastic so well deserved win that really good she's brought female surfing forward in huge leaps with her airs and seeing her do airs with that amount of power is really remarkable very very impressive and has <laughs> seriously powerful legs to better do that is is immense great technique um, and surfer also the bits i've heard of the Olympics, i was going to save this to um, obviously surf media which i will but barton lynch the commentary i've heard that guy and uh, he did respond on, we mentioned this up to him via Instagram and he very kindly responded. Just his knowledge and his stoke levels and his energy and enthusiasm and relentless sort of wonder at the world. What a dude. What a guy, Barton Lynch is for that. So, to maintain that level of like, wow, I love this sport. He looks like grateful for it every day. And I think he's amazing at that. It's really good. He's someone's like a role model yeah. in that way of just life yeah. in general, bringing stoke. I can't see him having many bad sessions. He would just bring good stoke. And regardless, he would either be on the right board if it wasn't quite the right condition for what he wanted, or he would be he would move around the corner if it was crowded, or if he would I can just see him being incredibly on it, on his happiness that he gets from surfing. Not just his ego, not just like, oh, I've got to surf the main peak and I've got to ride my shortboard. He's the kind of guy that really would I can totally imagine evolve his surfing life to give him the most happiness possible and encouraging people to go into it you know rather than saying yeah. this is a close shot we don't need any more surfers yeah. it's crazy beaches he's like yeah mate it's great you know good on him BL good stuff I think you're a you're a bird possibly full horse you are a yeah like as horsey uh, yeah. as you could get apart from the obvious correlation full horse <laughs> and especially down below as well yeah. wow this is a great game he's actually a horse with a muffin dick wow <laughs> That's quite funny, actually. Or even a bird, a bird dick. Yeah. Do birds have dicks? Oh yeah, big ones. You just look at, you're just looking in the wrong places. The bird. Think about it. Does a bird? This is <laughs> have a dick. No, they might. Yeah. Going to get a letter from David Attenborough now. Hang on a sec. You need to go back. to So your a cockerel school. mounts the chicken. It does, doesn't it? Is that right? It, it does. That's right. I've just got to confirm it, man. I'm going. What do they do for? No, they do. Yeah, they, 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 he's definitely got a dick. <laughs> a cockerel's got a dick. Right. Moving on. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Segment number two, The Mindful Surfer. Just a couple of moments to engage in your breathing, to raise the awareness. So take a deep breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. 
Take a breath in. And breathe out. Just really notice the air going in on this next breath. Pay full attention to the sensation of air going in. And equally on the way, the air going out. Just do one more breath. The top of this breath, just hold your breath. Really see what you can see. Take in your surroundings. And breath in through your nose. Go, breath in. Just see what you can see. Just hold your breath. See the colours. And breathe out. Good work, guys. One um, guy we didn't mention who's, I'm going to say, is a muffin, I'd say, is Matt Biolis. Now, Matt Biolis... Oh, you are in the shit now. Do, really? What's he... Uh... Oh? Is... <gasps> Who's this? Hey, there's these guys. Tony, they're telling me I look like a muffin now. I, I didn't mean it, Matt. I didn't. I... They write my boards? That's fine, but the disrespect these people are showing me. I'm going to cut his little bird dick off. <laughs> That's extreme. That's extreme. That's, extreme. That's a you, pretty extreme reaction there, Matt Barless. Um, you know he's the godfather. Um, and you are the godfather, and you will cut my bird dick off. I'm a little bit afraid now. He, I mean, um, this guy makes Tony Soprano look like like a wavestorm riding day yeah, tripper. yeah. He is, I think, one of the ultimate mindful surfers, along with many others. We could talk about them as to why. Because he has created a career in shaping boards for top pros whilst himself being an above-average surfer, which is a remarkable feat. And it's probably the same for most shapers, really. I mean, there's not many who have surfed to an incredibly high level who then have gone on to fame and fortune in their shaping career. But you see footage of Matt surfing... And yes, maybe he's murdered a few people on his way there to the beach. <laughs> and maybe he's got... He's joking. Got, joking. Yeah, yeah, just joking. No, he does... He surfs really well. And he, when he makes these boards, I'm sure he's making them in mind and keeping in mind you and I. Yeah, well, that, the, that, every, the every man and the every woman. It's just... And it's so, so good to have that in this modern surfing world. And the boards fly. He's... There's so many in his range that just, and they, to, even just to look at, you look at it and go, that is going to be fun. Even just like the, you know, the baby buggy or, or, or the, what's the one? The beanbag. The beanbag, yeah. Like the puddle jumper, the puddle jumper series. They've all got these. The round nose fish that's out there. Oh, the round nose fish. He's not doing as many mid-lengths, but all the boards where you can kind of rip, small to medium surf, medium size surf, have a pretty average ability, but stick that thing on rail. Well, I mean, he's a million times better surfer than I am, but. He makes pros and using just colloquial but pros and bros, isn't it? You know, but obviously they're for everyone. But you kind of go talking of Riss Moore, he's her shaper, isn't it? You know, she rides lost and then you've got the hose that you know, and seeing Mason Ho and Coho Ho on, on Matt's Biolos's boards just absolutely shredding. And then, you know, you and I have had immense fun on the some of the boards that Lost have produced. So yeah, I'm I'm a big a big fan. Big, big fan. And the the whole kind of approach to it is, is is wonderful. I think a really good surf movie the world, I think, needs to see is following a few average surfers on those kinds of boards at the kind of waves they actually surf 
and making a whole movie around it. Yeah. Slow-mo footage, footage in the ocean, footage on top, piece to camera, captions, sections. I'm waiting for the phone to ring. Listen, Billabong, if you're listening, Quicksilver, if you're listening, Vistler, whoever's out there. Whoever's paying O'Neal, for it. Whoever's paying for it. Come and film us for a while. Because I think what it is, we've talked about this many times, there's such a disparity. There still is, in fairness, a huge disparity between how we're actually surfing, all of us, and how we're doing our cutbacks, and how the, what waves we're surfing as well. Versus what we actually see marketed when we're looking at the boards themselves. Because, you know, even bless him, Noel Salas, great guy. He does this show called Surf and Show. And we do this impression of him all the time. Because we're just like, I'm going to talk to my mate Ollie. I'm like, yeah, so I got the stock 5.1 at like 15 liters. It was a bit big. Where's he from? Is he from Belfast? He's from, yeah, he's from, he's actually from Belgium. Lock here. Let's just, he's, Geez, 65 kilos, surfing lowers. Now, lower trestles is, as the pros would tell you, is the most enjoyable wave on the tour, other than getting absolutely shacked off your brains wherever, at a pipeline or, or, or barley or somewhere. It's the one that they love because it's not going to eat you alive, but it's not going to, it's not a burger. It's just a wall after wall after wall after wall where you just lay your rail in and then lay it in again with precision you can basically take your surfing to another level when you surf that kind of wave and then noel was doing all his boards on his show on that wave and again there's that disparity because lower trestles is so far removed from what most of and, us are surfing and talus is a pro level surfer. and talus is, is a phenomenal surfer i think that's what clayton's saying he's a pro basically. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you watch him surf he's surfing as well as a wsl yeah. surfer yeah. Uh, maybe subtract the airs yeah. he doesn't do as many airs but he is on his rail game yeah vertical surfing yeah full in the pocket Here's my point. There's a lot to come in the surfing world, I think, when it comes to movies, uh, footage and progression on getting average surfers into those clips and into those. Now, I know that's what's happened with vlogs. I do. I think the top companies are going to seize that eventually and actually make movies around this topic. We've discussed this before. Yeah. Take a guy like yourself, film yourself for a year, the start, seeing your cutbacks progressing on and on and then progressing the kinds of walls that you're putting yourself onto the kinds of boards you want to ride so from going from like three feet mm. mush burgers two feet on puddle jumper boards at the beginning cutbacks footage of that right the way up to like six to eight foot bomb let's say bells or somewhere on a real on a six six pintail yeah. and for me my one would be to get barreled yeah. to start where i'm starting here get some barrel training work on that over a year and then eventually try and get barreled yeah. at, at wherever porto escondido pipeline who knows wherever big heavy one a big heavy one but um out of that just before we move on to segment three what wave would you want to surf if it was that like right i got a pintail i got my six five i'm gonna lay it on rail because it might even be closer to home where would that be if you were gonna say right i'm gonna yeah, at the no. end of my year of like just imagine if you just had a year of just surfing and only yeah. surfing i mean i want to go and look at some of the old spots and the kind of family line up in the northwest of ireland and surf some of those places but definitely not mully and that kind of thing you know that's i'm not sort of chasing a chasing mavericks i'm not doing the big old sort of um huge kind of bomb surfing but yeah you're right kind of to get on some heavier stuff jay bay is still one i would like to go and surf minus the sharks obviously but you've got to put up with that stuff if you're there and you know having watched koa smith go and surf that place quite recently on youtube he's go wow what a place to go and sort of try it because like you say they've got those it's a wall isn't it top to bottom surfing and we just do not get very much of that we're just not in the realms of practicing that. So to go and spend 12 months there doing it would be immense. Um, or to go and visit different spots. But also, yeah, some of the sort of trestle spots as well, if they weren't so crowded. If you could go with somebody who would sort of, you know, 
be your confidant minder and protector while you're there. Maybe the Biolos Mafia. That would be uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would be yes. it would be Biolos's crew, wouldn't it? Hey, Matt, it was it was Will all along. He was the one taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> You're full of shit, man. You're there in the back You're of the cafe of shit, with, the thumb, with the thumb screws on you. The one for me is J-Bay as well. Yeah. It's just a beautiful, beautiful wall that offers up barrel sections that you can line up. And that's the hardest thing in barrel riding is like if it happens suddenly and you've got to react immediately, particularly backhand, it's probably going to end in tears, even for a good surfer. But when you can line up a barrel from a distance, yeah. what you would do initially is you'd probably end up like nowhere near the barrel to start with because it'd be way too scary and I've had a number of situations unfold where I'm on a wave that's similar to a J- not not similar to J-Bait you can't say that it's been a wave that's been pretty throwy and pretty big and I'm sort of getting hovering towards the barrel and it still just evades me because I'm just not deep enough and that's where coaching can play such a big role where someone can go look mate you go back into the sea you, or sorry onto, onto land and the guy goes or girl goes right this is what you're doing straight back out go work on it that's what I think what partly what makes surfing so difficult. Imagine Jamie O'Brien taking you through barrel riding. He's the world's best barrel rider, I think, yeah. in many ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just his, his knowledge of that space, literally the cavern, he's unparalleled. But to take a pro as well, you know, talking about Riss Moore or something, to have somebody like Steph Gilmore say, All right, this is what you want. Because of, I love her big calves, oh, yeah. swooping calves, top to bottom surfing. If she could just sort of say, right, here's the wall. This is what we're going to do. We're going to paint this canvas for the next six months. And you're, by the end of it, this is where you start and this is where you might finish. But the whole joy and the fear and the journey and the tears and the upset and the will all go together. And then at the end of it, like anything, if you achieve things because you've worked hard at it, the flow from that is immense. So, so good. Yeah, that's the dream. Cheers, dude. Signal number three, Mind Body Stoke. Things Liam and I have been working on the mind and body to raise the stoke. On a mind one for me, it's staying motivated to stretch to train for balance, wellness, and managing stress. All those good things that come around, the sort of the breathing work, the yoga, the resistance training, Pilates, whatever you want to call it, but basically just taking care of your body. Because when you go through a flat spell, whether that's because you've been injured or you've been busy with work or it has just been a flat spell, (laughs) it's trying to keep your vision alive. Because for me personally, it's keeping in mind why I surf. One of, if not the biggest reason why I surf is because it's a place where I can do something that requires me to focus tremendously within that space. The more I push the boundary of the difficulty within that space, the more focus it generates. The harder it is the thing that I'm trying to do, the more focus becomes generated. And that's whether it's that I'm trying to hit the pocket even more vertically than before, Mm. or that I'm trying to take off even later under the lip, or that I'm trying to hang full 10 toes on the nose if I'm doing longboarding on small waves or whatever it might be, but just constantly pushing the needle, pushing the needle. That's what gives me joy. It's this like, it's that flow experience of having some skill, having some difficulty, bring the two together. And when you have enough skill to meet and match the demands of what it is you're doing, you get this flow, you get this pure focus. And so remembering why then I would do what I do in the gym relates to the deeper why of what I do in the ocean. Now, we've got to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. If we're going to stay, I believe, this is a personal belief, now you don't have to share it, but I believe we've got to keep that motivation alive. If we're going to keep up 
the whatever it is. Now, we've been doing loads of kettlebell training, but it's also massively important to do your mobility work. You might have tight hips, tight shoulders, tight ankles, and it's stretching those every day, if not twice a day, three times a day, whatever it might be. Uh, It's massage rolling. It's getting to bed on time. It's eating right. It's all these things because in the end, it's the surfer who's getting the most out of their surfing is also getting the most out of life. And the surfer who's getting the most out of life is inextricably getting the most out of their surfing too. They're so interlinked, aren't they? Your surfing is in where it's at and how much enjoyment you're getting from it is merely a reflection of what you're doing on land. Oh, and the more we do the show, the more I kind of, you join the exact parallels. It sort of becomes not just a metaphor, the two things just kind of completely intertwine. Surfing is life and life is surfing. Priscilla even said a lot of that when we spoke to her way back in the beginning and she's doing some really good stuff now with sort of VR film and her film career is doing really well. But we talked a lot at that time about it's the same for life and surf are the same things. And you can just kind of go, okay, if you take or put joy into that, why well, you put joy into the sometimes even the mundanity of life because you have a flat spell in life and you have a flat spell in the ocean and, and so on and so forth. And some of the parallels are, are kind of quite cliched or even cheesy at times. But if you step back from that, you go, oh yeah, that's exactly what it's about. It teaches you the patience. It teaches you the presence. It teaches you the respect for all things, you know, mother nature has to throw at us it makes you realize that this is a passing existence it's not forever you know we're certainly in this form that we're in and you go how do i get the best out of this session that is surf or life whichever way you look at it and the more you put the the joy tokens into it the better the game is when it starts up and i think that kind of applies even to doing the most kind of frustrating boring mundane things in life it's trickier sometimes to kind of capture that joy when you when you're in that place because as we say every week, we're human. So there isn't anybody could sit here, even the bloody Dalai Lama himself, and say he's 100% getting this right every day of his life. Well said. That would be to not be human being. So, so true. And if you know yourself that you lack motivation to work on your on-land training, to aid your surfing, if you know that you have that, do something about it. Yeah. It's so obvious, but we procrastinate and procrastinate and we all do it. But if you didn't, and you get on with it, and, and that's finding a coach or a class or tutorials online mm. or, or just get on it. Start mm. looking into it. Don't just let that injury be what it is. That injury does not have to remain static as it is because what we do with anything in life is we st- – and I did, I've done this myself included – is go, oh, no, that's just the way that something is. It's a limiting belief. Oh, my knee is just the way it is. Mm. There's no way of helping it. And it's like, well, yeah. X amount of months and years later of working on it, I've realized that – if my diet is really clean, I don't eat the foods that exacerbate my knee. Mm-hmm. And if I mobilize my hips and my ankles and I mobilize my hamstrings and I do massage rolling and I take care of myself. And I, if I dial everything that I need to dial, then my knee's great. Yeah. And it doesn't need to fill me with fear about, am I going to be able to surf in my 40s, my 50s, my 60s? Because we all want to, we, of course, we, we all want to be able to surf for as long as possible. You love your surfing. You, I can guarantee that's a thing. Once we're in this, I mean, Kelly Slater's, you talk about the mafia. His famous quote is, it's surfing is like the mafia. You know, once you're in, you're in. There's no getting out. No getting out. I mean, it is not being defined by anything that you are carrying injury-wise eventually, you know. Or extra weight or or whatever. Whatever it is, you know, change is inevitable. It's whether you harness and grab that change for yourself to improve your experience of this thing that is either surfing or life. We both come to that realization ourselves, which is why we talk about it so much. And then the other part of it is there is 
and this is a this was a big realization for me in a lot of areas of life as you kind of grow and age and mature and develop but particularly when it comes to fitness and uh, excuses and surfing and excuses to you know blockers to growth or gains is no one else is ever going to do those things for you you have to pick them up yourself and carry your own can and deal with your own shit because there is no one else that can and if you expect there is you're into this kind of weird codependency place and that in itself becomes then even more difficult to progress so it is something that you know i had to kind of work to say who's going to get better at surfing for me well no one (laughs) so true man it's interesting as well dude a thought came into my head there when you were talking that a lot of it because i've heard this before because i'm in that coach realm where i can help people with their posture strength balance injuries etc their mind all these things it's an investment. And what's really interesting is you would have someone tight on that. So, no, I can't afford yeah. help with my body. This is mm. And then you go, okay, well, and this is not a judgment, but there's a 50 grand van yeah. and there's the next board you want. Yeah. And you start kind of working things out. And it's about placing value on the things that really are going to bring you more happiness because improving your health and wellness, you could stand on the shittiest, oldest board that costs you 50 quid on eBay. Mm. But if your thing that, is niggling you or weight issue or whatever it is that's the lack of fitness, whatever it is that's preventing you from really loving your surfing that you can help with by actually reinvesting actually in yourself, in your health journey. You get to really taste where true joy in surfing come, when it comes to spending your money comes from. It comes from that graft and that work that helps you make your body feel yeah. absolutely at its optimum. You could really jump on yeah. almost any board and just get joy out of it. It's amazing what injuries do in that way because they, they really give you a perspective on that. Because it's all about, oh, yeah, the next board, the next board, the next board. Where's the next trip? Where's the next? And when an injury and a niggle comes in, fuck, man, it gives you perspective. Yeah. On what really matters in your surfing journey. Well, you don't appreciate anything until it's not there. And health is That's the it. number one of those it's number things. number one. By the way, when I say for the avoidance of confusion with people, because we're, we're very much about coaching and development as well. When I say only you're going to do it, there's still incredibly important. You get a coach to show you the path sometimes in the way, particularly in reference to surfing and fitness. And whatever else you want to improve on, music, business, you know, fill in the gaps yourself. But that person, physios are big on this, right? That physio, for example, is not going to fix all of your problems. They are going to help you get on the path to doing the things you need to do again. But there's a lot of work required from yourself to do that. So, yeah, coach and and support crew, incredibly important. But no matter how good those people are, then they can't do the actual thing no. that you're trying to achieve for you. Actually, then that's another the game. Yeah. Tons of people over rely. Yeah. And over over blame. Yeah. And point fingers yeah. at other people. Oh, well, this person did this and this person did that. And that wasn't very good like that. And that didn't work there because they're like this. And mm, no. Easy to judge others. Comes right back. Than to stare into your own soul yeah. and ask yourself the difficult it's questions. It is always that. It is always that. Even if you were in or one was in a class that hurt a certain part of your body or something, you've got to have the wherewithal yourself within the moment that when you're doing an exercise and it's hurting you, whoa, stop, fucking slow down. It's not the class instructor's fault. It never is. It's always that self. You've got to be able to trust yourself in what you're doing and take some some responsibility for yourself. There are some charlatans out there who take advantage of people and all that sort of thing. It goes without saying. There's, There's always like light and dark to every situation. But ultimately, if you've got good people around you, you're the one who has to then take their good advice and go with it. Dude, anything you want to share on mind, body? No, I think we've covered a good chunk of it there anyway. 
the challenge is, as you say, is battling this flat spell that we've had. But we are, probably at the time this goes live, we will be at the Wave in, in Bristol again. We're going back yeah. this week. So Friday, we're doing a double session. Doobla! Yeah. Doobla, doobla. I'm very excited. Got the plastic out because it costs about £400,000. <laughs> I had a buddy of mine who might listen to the podcast. I don't know if he does. He's a really good surfing friend. I said to him, I said, mate, I can only do one session. I can't do £100. Which, if you're US or... Aussie, that's going to be for you, $150, something like that, $150, yeah, $200, $200, $200 or whatever, for just a surf in a wave pool. But he went, no, I'll pay for the second one. I went, right, okay, off I go. Hang on. Off I go. Does he want to pay for mine as well? He might. He <laughs> Moving on to segment number four, Surf Media Insight. We want to talk about the Olympics. Yeah. Which has been on in Tokyo. And basically, it's that insight of, if you look at the footage, they're riding really junky surf because they have to because it's not like a WSL event where they've got this you know waiting period I know why didn't they do it here hey, if you want junky surf <laughs> fucking damn well, would, have just, been, would have just been flat dude yeah. no surf at all yeah it gives you that insight even if you are Italo Ferrer who won it you're not smacking the lip and putting in huge rail, gouging rail turns when you're surfing mushburgers now fair enough they were quite big mushburgers and had a lot of power so there were still some good manoeuvres in there. There were still some cutbacks and, and tail releases and, and whatever. Give yourself comfort that when you surf what you surf, listen to this, and you don't do your best manoeuvres all the time, give yourself a break. Because mm-hmm. it's just not possible. I mean, look at the top, top guys, and they're surfing in that Tokyo Olympic event, and the performance is not through the roof, is it? No. They're just doing really quite average manoeuvres, getting wiped out constantly. <laughs> a sushi mush burger. Full mushbugs, but it's still good to watch. And did you actually enjoy watching it? Yeah, I mean, I've only been able to like pick bits and off the highlights and you know online, but I haven't been able to find like total blanket coverage. But I watched Carissa Atello. I mean, what I do find remarkable with the Brazilian surfers because they often have grown up on those waves that we're talking about. That's why they sort of perform so well on the really good stuff. Is they can make the most out of those mushbugs and his speed generation. Actually, I also posted um, Felipe Toledo in a wave pool the other day where he launches himself off this sort of, you know, three foot wave pool wave because of the speed he generates, the, his ability to kind of trim and pump down the line to get so much speed is just amazing to watch. That's how they, because they make their own, they make their own speed. Even if the waves slow those guys, they find it from somewhere. So yeah, amazing. It's a weird one, isn't it? Being an Olympic sport. I was always like, well, oh, is it, should it be in the Olympics? Is it a sport? Is it, you know, it's all very, it's been judged, but it's been really good to see it represented so well and um, given a lot of people so much thought. And the stuff I have heard from Barton Lynch, as, as I was saying earlier, I just love that guy's energy. He makes you feel good just listening to him talk about surfing. So true. Yeah. So true. He's got enthusiasm. Yes. And that word derives from the Latin, entheus, which means to be God like. And it's to be with, now, whether you're religious or not, what that means is just to be with the universe, to be present, which is what the universe is. It's a constant presence. Yeah. Endless, infinite energy everywhere. And when you're tapped into that, when you're present, there is enthusiasm for even little things. Yeah. And when you're around enthusiasm, it is like being around the stuff that makes, you know, stars. It's a life force, isn't it? Yeah. So let's have more of that. Let's have more of Barton. Be more Barton. Be more Barton. Right. Good stuff. Guys, thanks for joining us. We will see you soon. Bye.